Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another grand and glorious afternoon here in the best little city in America, Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I have a plan for today, and that plan includes spending a couple hours with you here on the Patrick Lally Show, engaged in what I like to call entertaining and energetic conversation on local, state, national news, and politics. And today, well, let's just face it, we're going to be a little heavy on the politics. It is election day out there in the beautiful city of Sioux Falls. We're electing uh, first round, first round election on the mayor and uh, first round probably on the central district because there's five people in that race and uh, a couple other at-large districts that only have a couple people in them. So those those folks will probably go right through because they'll get 50%. That's how that works. Thanks for uh, joining us today and spending a little time with Uber producer Dan Peters and I. Dan will be bringing you the latest weather and news and the weather's The weather's pretty good. The weather's pretty good out there as we await the next blast of winter weather from the northwest. Southwest, I don't know. It's coming from the west somewhere. As I said, thanks for spending some time with us. Whether you're driving around town, listening on your radio at Information 1000 KSOO, streamed live through our website, that's KSOO.com, or on the KSOO mobile app. And remember, you got to get one of those. You got to get yourself the mobile app, people. You can't, you can't really call yourself a modern citizen if you don't have the mobile app. I recommend the KSOO version, the branded app. You can get that on all your app stores for all your different platforms. And then you get the one-touch streaming. So you can you know put it in your pocket, maybe put some headphones in, listen to the Patrick Lally Show, or maybe Chad and Beth in the morning on the Main Street Cafe from 5 to 8 a.m. or any of the other fine, fine programs on this network. Remember, you can always follow along live on Facebook, although I've noticed, uh, uh, Dan, I've noticed that Facebook, the Facebook Live is struggling a little bit today, and I don't know if that has anything to do with Mr. Zuckerberg uh, making his appearance before Congress. There's something about this particular development where it makes me want to think, it is your testimony. (laughs) Instead of your <laughs> destiny. Yes, he's... Darth Zuckerberg. Uh, you know, I, I was listening to a little bit of old Marky Mark, and uh, he still sounds like he's about a 17-year-old kid. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's not just that... You know, he's, a, he's a middle-aged man almost at this point. He's got kids, and you know he's living the life. But just when you listen to him, he still has the speech patterns of a guy who was uh, you know, building a website in his dorm room. It's kind of strange. He definitely has not, tra- he hasn't moved up into the uh, escaped punctum, you could no, say. No, he's still living with the hoodie. But, you know, come on, man. Give Marky Mark a little break. We all went on Facebook. We all said, I accept. Now, these people with the, with the data skimming and all that, they're not great. They're not good people. Um, anyway, you can follow along on Facebook as long as it's working or on the Twitter machine at Pilali Show uses a little less bandwidth than the Facebook Live. So, I don't know. We got, I, got, I got stuff all around me here. I got computers and mobile devices, and things are popping up left and right. It comes and it goes. But if you uh, get in there and look at Facebook Live on the KSO page, you can see what's happening. Uh, I tell you what, I, uh, I, had a, I had a tough morning. I've had a tough few days, and uh, I've made allusions to the fact that um, a couple of friends of mine People I grew up with up in the neighborhood uh, had both passed away rather suddenly, both from heart attacks, both out of town. Uh, and I was at uh, one of the funerals this morning. And, you know, and it's if your funerals are not are not good um, at any time. And I've been to a lot of them, obviously, you don't get to be 50 without going to a lot of funerals. And uh, but this friend of mine, he was younger than me, he passed away way too early. And this was a big Catholic North End kind of funeral, um, but it was more than that. I think uh, it was evidence somehow, or affirmation of the power of community, maybe, and uh, the power definitely of one person 
and you you can't sit through any funeral really and not reflect on your own life and your own mortality, your friends and your family, and your memories. Um, my friend had five brothers. They all have families of their own, and there's this generational link up the ladder to the parents of my generation and the parents from the neighborhood and our school where we all went to school together up in the North End at Cathedral. And there's the multiple classes that you get in a situation like this of Catholic school people and acquaintances and their networks and the people they have met and the people they bring into the circle. And then you go to college and there's business and there's families and then their kids are in these Catholic school circles and so on and so on and so on and so on. And we were all there today, this morning, last night as well, packed into Holy Spirit Church. You know, and there's not a seat to spare. Ten priests, hundreds of people, and a million memories flowing around. And in a small city like ours, on an occasion such as this, you realize just how interconnected we really are and all the people you know that know the people you know that know the people they know. And we were all there to celebrate the life of one person, one really great man. And perhaps remember just how lucky we all are. So Godspeed, Sean, my friends. We've got a great show for you today. Our guests include Jonathan Ellis of Argus Leader Media. He'll be here with some final thoughts and predictions on Election Day in the city as he toils away down there in the newsroom downtown. Blogger Corey Heidelberger of Dakota Free Press will drop in for a state political roundup. And we're going to talk a little taxes. And the Boone Man is in for Weird Friends of the Day. And I'll have a P&L statement just after the break. Today's topic, the evidence. What is the evidence? This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 318 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Oh, we're going to get just a little bit closer to free if we possibly can here on the PL statement, which we do every day about this time. So we look through the news of the day and the happenings. And always our friends, the Bodines, getting us a little closer as they help us out each day. They're good people that way. Uh, first of all, I want to tell you fine people out there that We're going to open up the phone lines a little bit later in the day because I want to know if you don't have to necessarily identify yourself. I want to know who you voted for in the mayoral election and why, who you voted for and why. And you can also tell us that on Facebook Live or on Twitter, Facebook Live KSOO page and also Twitter at P. Lally Show. I want to know who you voted for. 338-KSOO. Go ahead and call us now. We get queued up. We can talk a little bit later right after the Boone Man. With weird friends. Anyway, I'm looking through the news today, and of course, the big news out of Washington is that uh, the president, Donald J. Trump, he's uh, he's not happy. He's not happy because the FBI raided the Rockefeller Center office and Park Avenue hotel room of President Trump's longtime personal lawyer, Michael D. Cohen, and on Monday morning, seizing business records, emails, and documents related to several topics, including a payment to pornographic film actress. Oh, there's a lead, isn't it? That's from the New York Times. Uh, So Mr. Trump, in an extraordinarily angry response, lashed out hours later at what a person briefed on the matter said was an investigation into possible bank fraud by Mr. Cohen. Mr. Trump accused his own Justice Department of perpetrating a witch hunt and asserted that the FBI broke into Mr. Cohen's office. 
So uh, the president called it a disgraceful situation, an attack on our country in a true sense. Um, it's uh, As the New York Times says, it's not clear how the FBI entered Mr. Cohen's office, but agents had a search warrant and typically would have presented it to an office personnel to be let in. So the documents identified in the warrant date go back years, according to a person briefed on the search. So, yeah, here's the deal. Um, there's plenty of gnashing of teeth surrounding this search. And, you know, there should be. There should be gnashing uh, because it, it potentially is a disturbing development if, in fact, we learn that it was politically motivated in some way to threaten the president or violated the attorney-client privilege. Uh, so far, though, that's not what I've seen or read. It appears that the investigation to Russia meddling in our election has produced some sort of evidence supporting further inquiry into the possibility of bank fraud, probably related to these payments to the Playboy Bunny and the porn star. And there's been a lot of conversation about this because of what Mr. Cohen has said. Remember, Mr. Cohen was the personal lawyer for the president. And uh, while the president has never acknowledged that these affairs happened, um, both the women involved have gone public. Mr. Cohen said that he used his personal money, if you recall, personal money without Mr. Trump's knowledge to pay Stormy Daniels the 130 grand so she wouldn't go public with her story. Which is a problem because it was during the period of time that would be covered by campaign finance laws and you can't do you cannot give somebody an in-kind donation of $130,000 like 100 and you know 20 $127,500 more than you can give in any given period so that's a problem and so he basically admitted to that uh and that's that's going to get you in trouble see now, we have to remember that the uh, agents that um, executed the warrant today were not under the uh, direct supervision of Mr. Mueller, the special counsel in the Russian investigation, but were uh, agents who, uh, out of New York, FBI office, who picked up, who were given evidence that came up during the Mueller investigation. So what's the evidence, right? We don't know, but it will come out. Then we can judge the propriety of the raid. Yes, I believe this is a very sensitive issue because federal agents invading or, you know, invading or uh, executing a warrant in a lawyer's office is tricky stuff there, you know? I mean, that's not something a judge is just easily going to give up. The thing is, the charges I hear about a violation come either from the president who apparently is looking for any reason to fire pretty much everybody in the Justice Department or people with a vested interest in the president's position, including some radio hosts. And I'm not talking about the politicians in this case. Pretty much everybody on Capitol Hill thinks that firing more top Justice Department officials is a really bad idea, including Chuck Grassley, Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa, not exactly a flaming liberal. If there is some sector of government driving an unnecessary investigation, the alleged witch hunt, who is it? Everybody involved in the leadership at the Justice Department, who is in the inner workings of the Russia investigation under special counsel Robert Mueller, is a Republican. I hear all kinds of conspiracy theories about the deep state elements who are lined up against Trump or some arm of the Clinton organization who apparently still control Washington, judging by what these theorists think. But there's no real evidence, just conjecture and straw man building. It's so Orwellian. I think it's time to just go back to the basics. That is, what is the evidence and where does it lead? There was apparently enough evidence to get a judge to sign off on a search warrant for Mr. Cohen's office and hotel room. It's not part of the inv Russia investigation. It probably has something to do with keeping Mr. Trump's affairs silent in the flow of money. That's what we know. Is that enough to tear down the Justice Department, to undermine the rule of law, 
and further strain the bindings of our republic? That depends on the evidence. That's how we work. We are a nation of laws, not of men. And it's, it's an old saw, but it's true. And if you lose sight of that and you become a nation of personality and media trends, then you have lost the republic. You've given up something dear. What is the evidence? What is the law? And was it broken? That's what we need to know. That's the bottom line on the PL statement today. You can agree or disagree with me, Patrick at KSO.com. You can also follow us on the Twitter machine at P Lally Show. Get all kinds of good stuff there. Uber producer Dan Peters busily throwing out those tweet, tweeters, tweet, tweets, tweets, Twitters, updates, all kinds of good stuff coming out of the news pod, including next a news update and weather from Mr. Dan Peters, followed by a visit from the Boon Man for Weird Friends. Stay with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Thirty-four on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And we welcome in on a Tuesday afternoon, many Tuesdays, many Tuesdays, we have the Boon Man in for Weird Friends, and today is no exception. Boon Man, thanks for being here. Yeah. It is. Uh, it is. It, what? 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 There we did go. you have my mute? Did you have my mute button pushed? No, oh, no. I, no. I had the mute button pushed. <laughs> no, uh, it's good to be back on a Tuesday. Yeah. Well, you've been in and out of the country, so. Well, a lot of stuff going on. You know, hush hush. Yeah. You know, oh, very down low stuff. Yeah. 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 I wish yeah. we could go into it because it's a fascinating oh, story. Oh, believe me, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it'd be great. Hey, uh, you don't. Uh, you don't get to vote for mayor, do you? I don't. I'm an outcast. I do get to vote for the school board, but I don't participate in that organization either. So I didn't. Uh, I did not get out and vote for the school board. Just another day in Boondom. <laughs> Just another day. Yep. Do you yep, yep. Uh, do you pay uh, attention uh, to the candidates? Oh, I do very yeah. much so. Yeah. By the yep. way, by the way, in the next segment, three three eight KSOO, you can uh, call in and tell us who you're voting for and why. Three three eight. Okay, I can tell you who I would vote for. And you know, would you? If, well, uh, do you, if you would like yeah. to do that, if you would like to suggest yeah. who you would vote for, please, please go ahead. Oh, right now I would vote for Greg Jameson. He's really? just a good guy. Ah, he's just a nice guy. Well, we've known Greg for a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, it's it's the it's the mayor. John. I think he would be good as mayor. You think he? I don't understand what some of the other people that are running for mayor. What in the world they want with a job? <laughs> That's true. They seem to have a lot of money to put into their campaigns. Jim Edmund, and I don't know what, uh, what, what do you want with a job? Yeah, I don't I know. Mean, come on. Yeah. He's also a good guy. I like Jim. I like them all. I say oh, that. Heart of gold. Yeah. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Why but, work? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't. So, yeah. So, but yeah, you, a lot of good candidates. But what do you like about Greg other than you know him and he's a good guy? Why do you yeah, like do you like this pothole, this smoother roads ahead? Is that your deal? Yes, that is exactly that is exa- when he was in the parade in that road grader. <laughs> I knew that he would take care of the streets because I am telling you they're embarrassing. Come it on. is embarrassing to drive down the streets of Sioux Falls. Come on, it's April. It's always bad. No, April, that, right? no, 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 no. This, no, it's just embarrassing. Why is that? I mean, this didn't just happen now. It didn't. No, uh, it's it's been happening, you know, for many years of neglect to the streets. We can sure build new ones out in the edges of town and grow the city ever bigger, but yeah. we can't fix the streets we already have. Minnesota Avenue. Now I don't know. Is that the state? Is that the city? No, we took the, over oh, all that. I don't know. We the city took over all the roads inside the city. Okay, for, well, for some sort of trade. Horrible. Yeah. Minnesota Avenue. South, have you ever driven down Southeastern? Oh, yeah, all the time. Awful. I mean, just awful. Yeah. And, and, see, and you know, I'm, I'm driving Ford Zilla. Well, and I'm, that thing, I can drive that across a, a, a pasture 
uh, out in West River antelope hunting yes. that's smoother than Southeast. <laughs> maybe, but I'm, what I'm saying is that maybe Fordzilla is 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 set up, you know, is tweaked for West River pastures, and maybe not as much for the smooth city uh, roads. <laughs> the city street should not feel rougher than a goat pasture in Belfouche. I'm just telling you. <laughs> Come on. You. Come on. Not. Well, yeah, no. your man Mike no. said he was, fi- he said he fixed all the streets. That's what well, he he's not my on. man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't vote for him. Don't no, blame no, me. No, no, yeah. yeah I'm going to, don't, don't get me, don't make me get my, don't blame me. I voted for McGovern bumper sticker out. <laughs> you don't have that bumper sticker. I have the pin. Yeah, okay. Sorry. <laughs> the lapel pin. I, I do remember uh, the, the one semester in grade school that I rode the bus, my hippie bus driver with the uh, the green army fatigue jacket mm-hmm. um, and the, the don't blame me, I voted for the governed pin. <laughs> you know, and, I'm pretty sure we used to throw snowballs at that bus when it was coming <laughs> Probably. Bunk, yeah. bunk, bunk, and then the guy yeah, would get out yeah. and stuff somebody's face in the snow. And, and speaking of bonking, this, these last two oh, uh, snowstorms, yeah. that's been bonking snow. Yeah, I mean that is made to order. Throwing a snowball at a car. Yeah, not you know. just any of you kids out there who are listening. That's not something you should do. But no, 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 no. Hypothetically, <laughs> if back in the seventies yeah, you were if, maybe doing that, yeah. If you were going to launch a snowball at a car, that was the kind of snow you wanted. But you know what really irked me in this last snowstorm, and it's every time. What's that? People don't turn their headlights on. I don't understand that. Well, here's what it is. Yeah. Well, there's two reasons. One, of course, the underlying reason yes. for most of the problems yep. in this world yep. is comes. that people are just no, no damn, damn good. good. Right. Okay. Secondly, <laughs> they've become horribly lazy because your car does stuff for you. It turns the headlights on automatically. Nobody has to worry about turning the headlights on or off. Nope. You don't have to think about it. I don't. They, you know, I, I do uh, because <laughs> in my truck, if I want my lights on, I turn them on. Yeah, and if I want my lights off, I don't turn them on, and you can do stuff. You get your the the radio gets louder as your car yeah. speed increases. That's sweet. Uh, they have that uh, that cruise control that that, <laughs> uh, that intuitive cruise control that keeps changing. You know, based yeah. on traffic, I don't need that. Not out, no, wanna, not out hunting I, antelope in a Belfouche no, pasture. Don't just if I'm driving down the interstate, I I always set the cruise where I want it set, and I want it to stay there. And uh, the radio, if I want it to be louder, I'll turn it up. And the seatbelt. Now, I'll tell you, I'll wear my seatbelt all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, if there happens to be a time where I don't need to have it on mm-hmm. for whatever reason that I see fit, mm-hmm. um, I don't want the thing to keep on ringing. No, I hate that. And to get louder and yes. more insistent. Again, Fordzilla. When I fire it up, if I take off without my seatbelt on, it dings three times. And the little light comes on, but then after that, I'm on my own. It's done its part. It feels like you know it's given me the warning, and uh, you know, hey, it's up to you whether you want to pay attention or not. Ford- and then I don't have to have it on. Fordzilla is an intelligent but libertarian machine. It does what I it does what I want it to do, and I'm not lazy about that. And that's the thing is with when it's snowing, like this weekend, when mm-hmm. it's snowing again mm-hmm. after spring is over here tomorrow <laughs> yeah. or, or Thursday. Um, you know, if it's daytime, it's not dark. It's not so that you can see. Right. It's so that other people can see you. Yes. And it's, you know, it's the same thing with raining or it's foggy or something. I don't need them. I don't need them to see. Yeah. You don't need them to see. Turn them on so other people can see you, yeah. knucklehead. But people don't think of that because they're automatic lights. Maybe it's not dark enough. They're not going on. Yeah, that's uh, right. There you go. That's it, isn't it? That is what it is. They've become lazy and they don't have to think about it. They think, well, my car knows when I need headlights. Yeah. No, it doesn't. It doesn't know when you need headlights. No, not all the time. That's, you have to. You, you need to be. That's why you just get rid of those dang hmm. automatic headlights. That's a good point. Technology. A lot of cars have day running lamps, but now uh, there's still a lot of them out there that don't. Well, you know, there was kind of that phase where everything had daytime running lamps, and then they kind of figured, well, geez, yeah. if everybody's lights are on, then nobody notices. So then they kind of went away with the daytime running lamps. And one thing to keep in mind, though, when even if your daytime running lamps on your taillights are not. That's true. 
It is true. No, a, turn your lights on. It's not that hard. Just turn them, turn them on. Just flip it over. And then it's not. And here's the thing: when you turn your car off, mm-hmm. if you have left your headlights on, mm-hmm. it rings a bell. That's right. It doesn't quit ringing. No, it just gives it. Oh, hey, what? What is that bell ringing? Oh, there also, must be something wrong. Oh, oh, it's my headlights, and I can turn them off. Also, but, when you, you get know. out of your car, look at your you. Look, <laughs> well, but you see, that's the problem because a lot of times you know they'll stay on for you know, thirty seconds. Ah, or, yes, you yes. Know, whatever. And then you, you know, oh, they'll, they'll turn off. Yeah, they'll turn off when your battery's dead. <laughs> it's tough living in this world. It is, man. I'm telling you. And, uh, yeah, and, and, you know the again the people are no damn good, and the yeah. uh, the epidemic outbreak of cranial rectosis. It is terrible. Hey, uh, did you bring what, now, what, I'm going to ask you. What, I mean, what do you think? I don't want to ask you what you think yeah. as a uh, semi-popular uh, afternoon radio host. <laughs> yeah. Uh, in wielding the influence that you right, do, right? I don't want to. I don't want to sway people. Yeah, exactly. Because the polls aren't closed yet. Right. And but what do you think? What's the word on the street? What's the buzz out there? What do you think? Oh, it, 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 is it how many people are in the runoff? Is it two? How, how does that work? It's the top two. It, it is the, the top. If nobody gets fifty, it's right. the top two. Right. So yeah, it's not like a minimum threshold. It's the top two, gotcha. no matter what. But I, I, every person I talk wait, to, wait, 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 wait. I thought if somebody got over fifty, it's over. Oh yeah, yeah. that. But that ain't gonna happen. No, no, heck no, no, right. no. Okay, 50, right, but 50, that is, okay. Yep, 50% plus one vote is what yeah. it is. So, no, that ain't going to happen. And then, uh, I don't know, man. I My gut, purely on my gut, I'm going Paul Tenhaken. Uh, I think Jolene's going to get in. And then after that, I don't know. It's either Paul Tenhaken right. or Enemin or Jameson. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, uh, the four, down. so those four of the six, was there six, yeah, seven? Six. Six? Yeah. So those four. But I think Jolene's going to get in. That's my one bet right now. Okay. After that, it's yeah. a crapshoot. 100 votes could sway it either way. And the polls close at seven? Yep. You'd have to get moved into town and registered by then, and I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's possible, no. no but no. Uh, I could go cast a vote <laughs> and give them my identification, and then later when they figure out it's illegitimate, wouldn't Throw, count it, right? Yeah, that's, Is that how that works? Yeah, probably. Well, you just wouldn't you need an ID. But we, you need an ID, but yeah, if you don't have one, you can vote anyway. Just I, I go vote yeah. for me. Just go down the right road and you're me. It's fine. Right. Oh, okay. Well, okay. vote. Not vote for you. No, no. Yeah, on vote. my behalf. Yes, I got you. Got it. Okay. Did, did you bring yeah. a punchline? Do you have a punchline? I did bring a punchline. You can't line. tell any jokes because you you ran out of yeah, jokes you could tell on the radio. Me. I mean, yeah. But I do have a great punchline, and I'll send you the joke, and you can post it at your leisure. Yeah. All right. What is it? Know it. I wrote it, and I don't take requests. Bounce pass. <laughs> <laughs> know it. I wrote it, and no, I don't it. take requests. I wrote it. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. I don't take requests. All right. Well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll wait for that joke, and uh, actually, you can tell it to me later tonight. How's that sound? Okay, deal. I'll do that. Then I know to email it. Cool. Talk to you soon, dude. All right. Yep. Coming up next is fake news, not real news, or you can call KSO 338-KSOO. Tell us who you're voting for for mayor and why, 338-KSOO. That's 5766 if you... Uh, you know, the cell phones, it's easier with the numbers. 338-5766 or 338-KSOO. Love to hear what who you voted for and why. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 350 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Trampled by turtles, baby. Wait so long. I could never pretend that I don't love you. You could never pretend that I'm your man. That's exactly the way that I want it. It's exactly the way that I am. And you call me in the morning with your troubles. Taking it downtown every night. I could never place the stars at night above. Got my hands on the ground and you know I'm right. You ain't so long. New Trample by Turtles album is out. I got to get it. I don't have it yet. It really bugs me. Hey, we're taking calls here on the Patrick Lally Show, 338-KSOO. Tell me who you voted for for mayor and why. You don't have to tell me, you know, like your full name and date of birth or anything like that. We like to know. We like to know who you are. But if you, uh, you know, you just want to tell us who you are and kind of, you know, who you voted for and why, that'd be cool. 
We ain't gonna no judging, no judging here on the Patrick Lally show. It's a judge free zone, free speech zone. It's a no talking point zone. It's a good time zone. It's the happy hour zone. It's a zone. We're in the zone. Hey, you know, one of the features I really like, and we do from time to time here on the Patrick Lally show, is the Not Real News, a feature from our friends at the Associated Press. Uh, and they compile, a, uh, they monitor along with Facebook uh, what's going on in the world of social media and what fake news stories are being circulated and taken often as real. Here's one. Not real. Breaking. Trey Gowdy breaks his silence after two of his investigators are found tortured and killed. <laughs> wow, that, that's, one, that's a lot of news there. The facts, an online story that claimed two deputies on their way to deliver a search warrant at the Clinton Presidential Library were killed in Arkansas is 100% false. That's according to Amanda Gonzalez, a spokeswoman for Representative Trey Gowdy, Republican of South Carolina. The incorrect story on the America, America First site alleged the deputies were investigators for Gowdy and that as a result of their death, he was holed up in his office with protection from the U.S. Marshal's office. The piece attributed a false statement to Gowdy, allegedly alleging he said a mole on one of his congressional committees leaked the deputy's travel. So that one, that one's not right. That's not true. Don't believe that one if you see it. Not real. Obama appeal denied. Judge orders him to pay back $400 million. Online stories have falsely claimed that federal courts have ordered former President Barack Obama to pay $400 million in restitution to the United States for money supposedly lost in a transaction with hardliners in Iran. One version from the Conservative Nation site takes it a step further, alleging the U.S. Supreme Court has denied Obama's appeal. It calls the fictitious lower court the West Texas Federal Probate Court and gives a name for a supposed judge there who is not on the federal bench. So that is not true. That is, don't believe that one. Not true. Not real. Canadians could be jailed or fined for using incorrect gender pronouns. <laughs> the facts. No, Canadians can't be jailed just for calling somebody he or she when the person uses another pronoun to refer to themselves. An article posted to the Daily Signal website said a law enacted last year would lead to hate crime charges against people who used an incorrect pronoun to describe a transgender person. The bill added gender identity and gender expression as areas that can be grounds for discrimination under Canada's Human Rights Act. It also amended the country's criminal code to add protections for transgender people against hate speech. But Canadian legal and free speech experts say just using an incorrect pronoun isn't enough to qualify as criminal hate speech. So there you go. That's the not news, not real news for the week. We're going to come right back after a quick break and uh, move right into the second hour. After the news and weather at the top, we will have Corey Heidelberger, blogger from Dakota Free Press up in Aberdeen, chatting about state politics and such. So stick with us. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. This is a public service announcement with Gitar. 3.58 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Friday night down at the Orpheum Theater in downtown Sioux Falls. It's Tab Bonnet, Benoit, Benoit, Tab Benoit, sorry. He is uh, coming in with the Sioux Falls Jazz and Blues Society, and he is quite the player. You're going to want to catch that 8 p.m. there at the Orpheum, sfbj.org for more. Come up in the second hour of the Patrick Lally Show, Corey Heidelberger from Dakota Free Press, and Jonathan Ellis from Argus Leader Media. Stay with us. It's the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four oh six on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. And uh, last week, we were very pleased and fortunate to have uh, regular contributor Corey Heidelberger of DakotaFreePress.com in the office. This week, he's back up in Aberdeen and he's on the phone. Corey, how are you? Hey, I'm good. I had to come back and shovel, you know. Oh no! I suppose you did. You got a lot of snow up there, didn't you? We got like six, eight inches. It was pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. Um, hey, uh, I saw on your blog, dakotafreepress.com, I, 
maybe it wasn't on your blog, but it's it's making the rounds. Uh, I was looking at a lot of blogs today, so forgive me. But uh, so Jenna Hager, who isn't Jenna Hager anymore, and I forget her married name. That's my my bad. That's on me. But she was elected as Jenna Hager is resigning from the legislature and moving out of state. What's the deal with that? Correct. That's Senator Jenna Hager Netherton. That's Netherton. her married name. Got it. She's out. We're another man down or a woman down in the legislature. Man, it seems like no, there's been a lot of actually, res- resignations. Is there a lot of resignations or not? Well, there, there haven't been. I mean, they're actually, well, District 10, um, we've had two in the past uh, 12 months. Because interestingly, last year, Jenna's dad, Don, resigned from his seat in the House yes. so that he could go work for the Koch brothers, That's for the right. Americans for Prosperity here in South Dakota. Now, here's the kicker. Mm-hmm. His daughter, Jenna's quitting the Senate. So she can go work for the Koch brothers, but she's going uptown. She's going to work for the Americans for Prosperity Foundation. Ah, that's where the big and money I, is. I, so they're like the money raisers, and they do educational or propaganda stuff, that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. But their main office is in Arlington, Virginia, in the Beltway. Oh, I see. Yeah, so she's moving uptown. Uh, now, she got married while she was in office. Um, and uh, Mr. Netherton also is politically connected, right? I don't know. Yes, him and this, this is where if I were a conspiracy theorist or looking into crazy stuff, I'd be having a heyday. As yeah. it is, I just kind of raise my eyebrow and go, oh, that's cool. Yep. Her hubby, Mike Netherton, is from, I think, Kansas originally. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that he ever lived in South Dakota. They got married in 2016, and there were few, if any, Mike Netherton sightings. I saw him at veto day this year. He was sitting in Jenna's chair on the Senate floor for a little while. I'm like, really? How do you rate? Had a little legislator badge on and everything. So I guess, you know, that's male headship for the Christian fundamentalist. He actually called the shots. Oh, my God. Now, if Netherton, I'll tell you, Mike Netherton, he works for... Mike Pompeo, back when Pompeo was in Congress. And Mike Pompeo is now going to be, he was Trump's CIA director, he's now going to be the next Secretary of State. That's impressive. So Jenna, our little Jenna from District 10, who ran, originally was elected as an independent, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Because she was... Too conservative. It was. It was. Uh, it was a little tricky. It was a. It was a nice strategic move to run in a predominantly uh, uh, Democratic district against a uh, pro in a, in a Catholic district as a pro life candidate and got in. So that, you know she didn't do anything wrong, but she did that and got in. And now she's uh, hobnobbing with the uh, CIA director. That's well. That well. We we don't have any confirmed sightings yet. But I'll tell you, while Pompeo was CIA director. We heard nothing on Facebook from uh, Jenna's husband, Mike Netherton. He basically disappeared from the world. And so I was kind of wondering, hmm, now that Pompeo's going to Secretary of State, maybe he'll bring his buddy Mike along and they can get a nice place in Washington, D.C. Shazam! There you go. <laughs> so we'll see what happens. I'm waiting to see if Mike Netherton updates his LinkedIn page. That's, that's interesting news. But uh, So there's a, there's a seat open in District 10, and that includes... Oh, it's like parts of Brandon and just all over on the east side over there. And like it's northeast Sioux Falls and a whole bunch of spots over there in northeast part of the the uh, community. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's the northeast part of town. And I heard it has Crooks and Renner in it, Brandon there, that kind of area. It's it's uh, not a square district. Let's just say that. <laughs> no, it was. Well, I'll tell you what. It was drawn to make sure that the very bottom corner of that district included Don Hager's house. <laughs> yeah, it's a strange deal. Um, our old friend uh, Gene Abdallah used to have that seat, right? And then uh, also, oh, okay. and uh, didn't um, Chantel Krebs was over there? And uh, let's see who else. Oh, uh, uh, Mr. Hunt. I believe was over in that district. Now they've had different numbers over the years, but yeah. And that's the map changes. And so I think like last time hunt was actually in district 25, which mm-hmm. kind of wraps around district 10, yeah. but yeah, it's, I mean, that direction, you get some conservative folks coming out of that. Mm-hmm. And the Hagers were certainly among them. They were typical of that conservatism. So Americans for prosperity, and it should be noted, Corey Heidelberger, a uh, lefty blogger, Leans left, as we like to say. If you, Leans hard left. If Leans people, into the wind left. <laughs> if people couldn't tell already. and uh, But, you know, it's Americans for Prosperity is a, uh, a going concern. That's a pretty good gig. Oh, yeah. They've had a lobbyist in South Dakota for the last few years. And, you know, getting to jump on as the state director for them, which is Don Hager's position now, 
that's a fun spot to be. You know, in Americans for Prosperity, the Koch brothers are busy. They've lobbied hard in this state against, uh, you know, they've campaigned against Medicaid expansion. They came out and led the push against Initiated Measure 22 a couple of years ago because mm-hmm. the Koch brothers didn't want us knowing who they were getting their money from. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they do a lot of lobbying here in the state. Yes, they do. Um, we're going to come right back and talk more with Corey Heidelberger of DakotaFreePress.com because I want to talk about taxes. Okay, we're going to talk about taxes. And there's a, something on your blog I want to chat about. So stick with us if you like to talk about taxes. And who doesn't? We'll be right back. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000. K-S-O-O. Four eighteen on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, K-S-O-O. And we return to our conversation with Mr. Corey Heidelberger. He, of course, blogs at dakotafreepress.com. And we were discussing the uh, resignation of uh, Jana Hager-Netherton, from the legislature and some of the implications of that. However, you, Corey, also have been writing a little bit about taxes on your blog from Aberdeen. And I thought this was interesting. It's KSFY story that started it with some wallet hub uh, data. Um, I'm always surprised, and, and I'll let you explain this. Uh, people complain here about taxes all the time, but as compared to everybody else, we don't pay that much taxes in South Dakota. Right. Not on the not on the state and local level in terms of what we kick in to, you know, pave our roads and pay our teachers and that sort of thing. Um, what the what the Wallet Hub folks did and they, they do all sorts of these kind of quick, you know, top ten lists yeah. and that it's nice clickbait, makes easy news, all the data's processed. They calculated how much state and local tax people pay on average in each state, and then they presented that as a percentage of average personal income in each state. Mm. So that, that's kind of interesting. It's not saying you pay X thousand dollars in each state. It's saying based on what the average person makes, here's how much of that person's paycheck ends up going paying for, you know, state and local services. Which is actually probably a better way to have the discussion, correct? Oh, yeah, it, yes. it's certainly essential. I think you, you can't say, well, you pay a thousand dollars in tax in locality A. It makes a big difference whether you're, you know, whether if the average monthly income is $3,000 or $4,000, $1,000 tax is a different percentage of those. So it is important to put that in the context of what people are actually making in certain states. And and ours was, we were like 10th lowest or whatever, which was, you know, it was kind of surprising. But I liked what you did. You broke it down, uh, or the, and the numbers break it down, but you went through it all and explained the percentages as how much you pay in property taxes. And obviously income taxes, we have zero. And sales taxes, and what am I leaving out? Anything else I'm leaving out no, of there? Those are the three main categories. Yeah. That's the that's kind of the classical, the classic three legged stool they call it. Yep. That most states, you know, forty plus states rely on. There are only seven states that don't do income tax, and they say, okay, let's just fund everything with two legs, with property tax, and then you know your sales and excise tax. And it turns out that you know in the rankings. In Minnesota, we love to compare things to Minnesota because that's where everybody comes and shops at the mall from, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, In Minnesota, uh, average Minnesotan pays 10.4% of their paycheck, of their average income, in state and local taxes. Mm -hmm. 10.37%. That's the fifth highest burden in the country. Here in South Dakota, we only pay 7.2% of our income in state and local taxes. Woo, South Dakota. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, in that regard, and that's even factoring in the fact that wages are higher in Minnesota, and that's you know we can get data out on that. Even though they're they've gotten higher wages, Minnesotans are still paying ten percent of their oh yeah ten point four percent of their income in taxes versus only seven point two percent in South Dakota. Mm-hmm. But that difference comes entirely and then some from Minnesota's personal income tax. Yes, if you strike that. You know, if Minnesota didn't have their income tax, and if we just compared the you know, property tax and sales tax, those two taxes together, Minnesotans pay 6.7% of their income for those two taxes. Here in South Dakota, we pay 7.2%. That's 7.2%. It's all from those two. Right. So as a percentage of income, and this is kind of a wonky argument, but on the two taxes we do levy, South Dakotans pay more of their income than a Minnesotan pays on their property tax and their sales tax. The Minnesotans make up that difference with the income tax. And it's it's interesting because 
uh, it gets to a, it's more than just numbers, it's a philosophy. And that is, and we've known this, all right, this is the eternal argument about an income tax, but the way ours are structured, and in recent years we've gone even further that way, we have such a reliance on the sales tax. Right, and, 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 and that's what these numbers show. Even in terms of the burdens, we pay 2.9% of our, of our income in property tax, sales tax eats 4.3%. So a significantly larger chunk of our tax burden is that sales tax rather than the property tax. And like you say, philosophically, sales tax, the, the philosophical argument I get into is sales tax is regressive. Mm-hmm. It hits lower income people harder then it hits higher income people. And we have a and we have a tax on food, which even other states don't have. That makes it even worse. Yeah, exactly. Because the, the idea is, you know, everybody's going to eat and everybody needs to, you know, regardless of your income, we all need our, you know, three squares a day, 2,000 calories, 2,500 calories, whatever. The fact that you make 10 times more money than somebody doesn't also mean you're going to eat 10 times more food. No than the other guy. It just, it just doesn't happen. You might buy a couple fancier meals, go down to Spazia's or whatever instead of McDonald's, <laughs> or you know, even get to go to McDonald's. Poor guy's just eating peanut butter every meal. Um, but that's what makes sales tax more regressive, is that it's not affecting actual patterns of, of the, the, the wealth you have and of the mm-hmm. burden it puts it on, uh, so, that it puts on people. Um, I, I like to put it this way. If, if we all pay, you know, all the food we buy, if every one of us pays $500 in tax on the food we eat because of a sales tax, $500 for a rich guy, that's, uh, that's one less upgrade to first class. Mm-hmm. $500 for a poor guy, that's the difference between making rent or not, having a place to sleep or not. Yeah, yeah. And poor means working class, not destitute. I mean, you're talking about people yeah, who make yeah. $12 an hour. You bet. Yeah, anywhere on that scale. It's, just, yeah. it's a fact of life. It's, if you're making $20,000 a year, Paying $500 in tax on your groceries is a bigger burden. It's harder to balance your budget than if you're making $200,000 a year. Absolutely. And you, but what do you think we should do, Corey? I mean, the the thing is, we're never going to have an income tax, right? We're just not going to do it. So we have to live with what we got. But hey, I'm, I'm a liberal in South Dakota. I have to believe that you can never say never. There you go. I've got to be an optimist. Um, I do advocate it, and I know you know people say, "Oh, Corey likes the income tax." Well, it works for the country. I mean, look at the federal level. We do a federal income tax. We don't do a federal sales tax, and that's a fairer way to do it. I even you know I ran some numbers on that Wallet Hub post, mm-hmm. and I said, "You know what? We could drop our sales tax down to like three percent. We could impose a state income tax of like one point five percent or two percent, mm-hmm. and average it out so that lower income people pay a lower rate." Higher income people, your bankers and doctors and lawyers and all that, they pay a higher rate. And South Dakota as a whole could still have the 44th lowest state and local tax burden in the country. We'd just have a fairer system if we were taxing actual wealth and the ability to pay taxes than taxing how much peanut butter people buy. And you're not saying get rid of the sales tax, maybe on food, right? Get rid of it on food. Oh, yeah. and that's it. Like Reynolds Nessaba, your senator from one of your senators from Sioux Falls, who's mm-hmm. not resigning. Thank you. Um, <laughs> that was what he proposed this year, and it's yeah. a really good idea because, like I said, everybody eats. Everybody eats about the same amount. Taking the tax off food is an easy way to give kind of lower income, working class people some tax relief and make your system fairer. Forty four other states or forty three other states do the three-legged stool. They balance sales tax, property tax, and income tax. That's more stable. It's better economics for your state. Corey Heidelberger, you can get all the details of that breakdown if you want to go read it at dakotafreepress.com. It's sitting up there near the top of the posts right now. Corey, uh, thank you, as always, for the conversation, and we'll talk to you again next week. Thank you for having me. Come see spreadsheets online. They're awesome. (laughs) We'll be right back after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, and we'll chat with Jonathan Ellis, the finest investigative reporter working in Sioux Falls and the state of South Dakota today, right after this. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 430 Live on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. As we hear the first little 
opening opening chords there of uh, Ramble On by Led Zeppelin. And you know, if I'm playing Led Zeppelin, that could only mean one thing, because there's only one person I play Led Zeppelin for, and that's Jonathan Ellis of Vargas Leader Media. And in fact, he is on the phone. Mr. Ellis, how are you today, this fine afternoon? I love that song. It's, you know, it's a... You know I'm not a fan, but it's a pretty good one. Let's just Oh, it takes a little while to get to the the rocking bit, but you know. It's it's good stuff. Here we go. Anyway. That's good build up right yeah, there. Yeah. Well, this is uh that's right. This isn't a music station, it's a talk station. Let's so let's talk. So the reason we wanted to get Jonathan on the line quick is because there's an election today. Isn't there? Some, some people some people realize that that's true, yes. Now, the initial take that I'm getting from uh, just looking at the social medias and such is that there's not a lot of people out there voting. But that's normal, right, for a city election? Uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> this might even be slower than usual, frankly. Really? Um, it, it, it maybe feels that way. Now, that's not to say that it's not going to pick up after work. I've talked to some people who are kind of waiting to vote uh, after work today. Uh, this is a, it's an interesting race because there's some, I think, a lot of hard hard choices, especially when you look at the mayoral candidates. Some people are having difficulty kind of deciding because, frankly, I think you've got some uh, a good number of really uh, well-qualified candidates, and so um, that's going to be an interesting, for these candidates, it's going to be an interesting process and trying to identify those sort of key little voting blocks that can I mean face it you're 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 not you're not running to win you're running to get into the runoff and right. so to get enough of those voters to get into the runoff and identifying who those voters might be so you know I, I think that some people are just having trouble making I mean people I've talked to are having trouble making a decision on a mayoral candidate and and this that extends to some of the the you know a couple of city council races as well so that could explain maybe people are taking more time to, before they get to the polls, but I'll tell you, I mean, I went, uh, my wife and I went to vote as we usually do in the morning after uh, getting the kids off or whatever, and, and it was, uh, you know, at, at, after 8 o'clock, we were only number 17 and 18 at mm. our polling place, so it was, it's slow. It's definitely slow. Now, more people uh, pre-vote, uh, early vote, absentee vote, whatever you want to call it, than, be, than they have in the past, but not that many, not enough to make up for that. No, not that many, and and it'll be interesting to see how those early votes maybe compare to uh, the the 2010 race in which one of the campaigns uh, had a very targeted early vote effort. I don't know that the, that the you know any of the campaigns have that sort of um, ground game to the extent that uh, Mike Huther's campaign did in 2010 to identify early voters and get them to the polls. So. Um, It'll be it'll be interesting to compare this race to some other recent ones, uh, open mayoral elections, uh, for sure. That's an interesting point because I haven't really got the sense that there's, um, and maybe this is a good thing. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. There's not a lot of uh, uh, high level professional uh, election people involved in this. It's these are still pretty locally organized campaigns. Yeah, I, I would say that's true. I mean, you've got a couple couple of candidates uh, who have been involved uh, in in uh, you know campaign consulting. Mm-hmm. Certainly, Paul Tenhaken has been. Greg Jamison has been. Um, yeah, but Jim there's Ed- a lot more that goes you know. Sure. There's a lot oh, yeah. that goes into it that you not you know as I'm not trying to say anything uh, negative about what these guys did, but they're involved in one part of a campaign, whether it was digital strategy or video or whatever it was. And when you're running a whole one, it's a bigger picture. It's kind of yeah. a big, it's a big chunk to, to organize a ground game. Yeah, it, it, it is big it's, and it requires a lot of money. And, you know, I, I have, you know, some insight into, you know, you, there were some, a lot of people a couple of weeks ago were, were saying that they were receiving phone calls, uh, and I actually got one myself um, on my work work line, which apparently that's what I registered to vote with. But somebody, it was a live person, uh, who said, hey, you just need 30 seconds of your time, you know, who are you supporting in the mayor's race? And a lot of people took that to be a, a poll. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what it really was, I'm told, and I haven't confirmed this, but what it really was was a... a, a um, a voting ID operation. So 
so a person who said, "Well, I prefer Paul Ted Hankin." Well, they mm-hmm. were they would have that in in on their file and on election day today, they would have a list of name, you know, a mm-hmm. list of names of people, and they would make sure they'd be calling them. Hey, get to the polls, get to the polls. Right. So or go pick them up. Old. Yeah, or even yeah. So that so that that's that was a level that's a level of sophistication that you you know you see uh, on bigger campaigns, and so there's that. I don't know. Um, you know, I think other there other there were some other polling with this, other campaigns were done in terms of you know trying to fashion a message that kind of thing. Uh, I know that Jim Eneman's campaign was a little concerned that he that they felt that they were. Um, being tied too closely to the to the current administration, so I think that you've seen efforts from Jim Eneman in debates or whatever to sort of say, "Hey, look, I'm my own person. I'm not Mike Uther, the Mike Uther candidate." So that was, so you know, the cam- candidates have had to to sort of navigate some of those issues that have affected their their campaigns um, and address those issues, uh, and some of that was based on some of the polling results they've gotten. Yeah, and. Uh, and, and there's been the campaign spending numbers. The latest came out not so long ago, very recently. And uh, Enneman had raised another big chunk of money. So he's paying for something. <laughs> Whether yeah. I, I mean, yeah. obviously, ad time is part of it. But uh, he's he's spending money. So it's got to be on something. Right. And he's got, I mean, he, he, you know, he's a savvy guy. He's run a successful campaign before. And then people who are around him. Uh, no politics. Mm-hmm. So my my guess is that he's probably got, uh, you know, one of the more sophisticated operations going. And he actually did hire somebody, didn't he? I believe, yeah, I believe he did. And they actually, they all have hired somebody. They all have somebody, you know, kind of helping them out. So, mm-hmm. but again, and not 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 to the extent that we saw in 2010. No, <laughs> that was that was those were the big leagues that were brought into a uh, mayoral election. It here, is interesting so. that. Uh, uh, Steve Hildebrand and his firm was involved. It wasn't him directly. And you talk uh, um, about he didn't really get involved in this uh, uh, cycle at all because he's not working in that as much. Um, he's got specific issues he's working on, and he just opened a bigger, better coffee shop. So he's wasn't part of this picture at all, as far as I can tell. As far yeah, as far as I know, uh, he was not involved in this. But you know, he is he is among a cohort of. People, which is it's a very interesting group of people, because they're they're uh, they, you know, there are some conservative Republicans and liberal Democrats who you know in this group of people who are very um, concerned or you know oriented about uh, city politics uh, that you know, they take a great interest in it and you know, again he's with that group and mm-hmm. so um, that's those those are among the, the the small group of people who when we talk about voter turnout will, will certainly be out there uh, voting today if they haven't already yeah he was also one of the key people that a lot of candidates sort of uh, uh, took an audience with early on to see take his temperature in terms of support and that kind of thing I, I would hear about conversations and that was kind of interesting that he still carries that kind of uh, you know he's he's still somebody in this community in terms of politics even though He's a busy businessman as well. Yeah, very, very busy. In fact, I, I had the, not that we want to turn this into a restaurant show, but I had <laughs> the pleasure of the pleasure of going down there uh, uh, for breakfast on Saturday. Uh, Amy and I did, and it's a really nice place. So, it, but yeah, so the point is, he's got a lot going on uh, beyond uh, you know making you know running a successful business, and uh, it's probably a little more difficult to. Uh, you know, stay involved in politics. That said, I think he's a he's a guy who probably is, is again. We talked about how dialed is dialed in he is. He's somebody who probably uh, has a, you know kind of a, a finger on the pulse of uh, what maybe a lot of people are thinking in terms of uh, who they're uh, favoring in this, yeah. these uh, races. Um, we're going to come right back and talk more with Jonathan Ellis of Argus Leader Media and uh, about the mayor's race, and uh, we'll be right back after this. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand. KSOO. 449 on the 8, 448 on the Patrick Riley Show, Information 1000KSOO. A little more Led Zeppelin for uh, my friend Jonathan Ellis, who joins us from downtown, the Argus Leader Newsroom. Uh, Jonathan, uh, we were talking about low turnout. By the way, yeah. What what is good turnout for a city election, school, city school board election like this? 
Well, let's look at the historically we've had a strong mayor form. This this form of government has existed since 1994, so that would have been the first sort of may, you know strong mayor election that you can compare this to. Um, that is the only year that turnout exceeded 40 percent hmm. of the registered voters in the city. Um, so that that first election was 42. There was a runoff, and that that uh, the runoff didn't even hit 40 percent. That was 39 percent. I haven't averaged these numbers out, yeah. but you're know, just eyeballing it. I think I think around 30. I mean, a third of the registered voters, you know, um, would be kind of where we've been at. Yeah. Um, and we were at 33 percent last year, or sorry, in 2014. And granted, that was just a uh, you know an wasn't incumbent. It, yeah. it, w- it wasn't an open. But the last the last open uh, election in 2010, the uh, uh, first uh, the first one was only at 32 percent. Uh, and the runoff was at 35%. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. I, you so, know, I, I thought there would be more excitement and better turnout around this election. We don't know the final numbers yet, so we'll see. But I I predicted 40 at one point and then got kind of beat up by uh, your friend and mine, Scott Arisman, com, because he's like, and it's never going to get that high. And then I look at the numbers a little bit, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's probably right. But 40, you would think we could hit 40. I'm kind of shocked by that. You know, forty is sort of that. You say this forty is sort of that magical number, and I'm looking at the the Argus leader from um, from the 2002 uh, uh, race, uh, which again, and there, there's a little there's a little breakout box in there. It said that voter turnout Tuesday in the Sioux Falls City and School elections fell short of the anticipated forty percent. Hmm. Um, you know, like like kind of similar to what we have. There was nice weather, and people thought, well, there's nice weather. People get out and vote. Uh, but it turns out that the, it was only at 37%. So the reality is, uh, for people like you and I and people who, uh, you know, other people we've talked about, you know, we, we're in, you know, we're focused on these races, uh, but, you know, the broader voter city at large doesn't really seem too interested in, in what happens uh, in city government. As the Boone man said earlier, people are just no damn good. <laughs> No. <laughs> hey, they're just exercising their their freedom. It's their, you know That's they're right. free if they want to vote. They don't have to vote. That's right. And if you you have always, of course, been an advocate of for certain people not voting. <laughs> I, I, I generally I generally write a column before every general election yeah. explaining why if you think this way or think that yeah. or that, you know, please don't vote. Just don't do it. Save don't us all it. the time. <laughs> um, hey, I have a question for you though, and this is a personal question. So, uh, but I think it's, it's interesting. So I haven't voted yet. That's my confession, but I'm voting after work. Now it would be more convenient for me, given my other plans, if I could just go down to the courthouse downtown and vote instead of going to my precinct, can't I still, uh, use the early vote system to vote downtown? Oh boy. Is that out? Is that one outside your bailiwick? (laughs) Well, I would hate for you to go all the way down there, and do you hate you want me to put you on hold and ask somebody to do it? <laughs> get, get Sneevy over there. Where's Sneevy? Yeah, right. no, I think maybe right. you gotta you gotta you gotta place a call to Mister Bob Litz. I, uh, I'm not doing that. I will. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll just text J- Super Reporter Joe Sneevy. Um, so uh, at the end of the night, are you are you good? Are you making predictions, or are you not doing that because you don't want to? You don't want to uh, uh, muddy the waters. Well, I, this is this is an interesting. You know, of course, we do a newsroom poll, right? As mm-hmm. you know, uh, you know, kind of figuring out. It, it, and again, not only it, it's all over the place. You know, people. Nobody has a really good idea where these races are going to. You know, in the mayor's mayoral race, especially where that's going to end up. Um, again, it's just where. Did, what have we? How did the candidates were they able to sort of cobble together? Constituencies. I mean, uh, Jim Eneman, You know, he's he's got some broad business background. Is that going to help him with you know in the community? Is he going to get the is he going to get the Harley riders? You know yeah. what I mean? This is this is. I mean, the the the, the margins here are very narrow on who you, is Paul Tanenkin. Are the Dutch people going to vote for him? You know, Jolene are are younger people Democrats. I mean, is she going to get them? Greg Jameson. Is it is it possible that he kind of gets the uh, the Teresa Staley, Kermit Staggers voters. So, so I mean, it's it's all it's just it's it's in flux. It's really yeah. hard to know who who cobbles together these little coalitions yeah. of voters that get them to the runoff. And polls close at seven. What time do you think you'll start seeing results down there at the war room? At least by seven tomorrow morning. <laughs> <laughs> 
Speaking of Bob Litz. But Bob, we kid. We kid. Well, kind well, of. I just have to go by history here. Yeah, that's right. Just <laughs> We're hoping for probably 10, right? 10 or 11. No, uh, you're not. You're not. You're, hope, not, you're not even look, kidding anymore. <laughs> here's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping that I can get a, a post-election coverage beer. Okay, yeah, that means we've got to get the, the, the bars close at two, right? Yeah. So that's, there you okay. go. That's a good goal. Uh, Jonathan Ellis, uh, he is the finest investigative reporter working in Sioux Falls and South Dakota today. And tonight he's writing about, what, city council races? That's what city you're covering? Council. Good yep. times. Uh, enjoy, my friend, and we'll talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. We'll finish up here in just a second on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. <laughs> 457 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. And that's The Clash. This is Radio Clash, which means it's the end of the show. So we got a whole week of shows coming up, so that's going to be awesome. Hey, don't forget this Thursday night, the Ronald McDonald House Kentucky Derby Raffle. That's 5 p.m. at the Minnehaha Country Club, 3101 West 22nd Street. That's just off Kiwanis. Kentucky Derby attire encouraged. Enjoy mint juleps, Kentucky bourbon, wine tasting, and more. Drawing for a day trip to the 2018 Kentucky Derby takes place at 7 p.m. For more information on that, call Jessica at 336-30... I'm sorry, 336-6398. That's 336-6398, extension 5. Coming up on the show tomorrow, blogger Pat Powers with Dakota War College. We'll talk about the state of the political races outside Sioux Falls. We'll review the mayoral and city council races from Tuesday's elections. And Darcy Hooster-Lid of the Arthritis Foundation will be here to preview their big gala that's coming up. We'll see you all tomorrow on Information 1000 KSOO.